keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Today is Wednesday, June 21st, 2023. The Feast of St. Lautfridus. St. Lutfridus is a remarkable but lesser-known saint who was born in the 7th century in France. He left his noble family to become a priest, and he founded St. Lufroy's Abbey. Despite facing a persecution from lax bishops, he possessed the gifts of miracles and prophecy. Once a woman mocked his boldness, and he warned her of a curse. As foretold, she and her descendants had no hair on the back of their heads. Another time, he cursed a land where peasants worked and on Sunday, causing it to yield only weeds. St. Lutfridus exemplified justice and mercy as seen in his treatment of a monk who violated the vow of poverty. He ordered the monk to be buried outside the abbey, but later fasted and prayed for his soul, discovering it had been released from purgatory. He also displayed great fury against the devil, confronting a monstrous animal that was the form of the devil had taken in a chapel. And by making the sign of the cross to seal the exits, he prevented the devil from escaping, eventually driving the devil away. St. Lutfridus teaches us to oppose liberalism, uphold the sanctity of Sundays, balance justice and mercy, and harbor a strong hatred for the devil. Let us invoke his protection and imitate his virtues as counter-revolutionary Catholics. St. Lutfridus, pray for us. Happy Wednesday to you. I hope you had a blessed Monday and Tuesday. We're getting through the week. We have reached the halfway point. A sigh of relief. <sighs> almost there. Almost there. We're almost to the weekend. Almost there. Very good. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, Tito Edwards is with us this morning. Good morning, Tito. Good morning, Adrian. Yes, it's uh, hump day, as they say. It's Wednesday. And uh, some traditional Catholics do fast today. So uh, I think uh, you you do, but... Uh, I do not. You do not. Okay. I do not. I, all right. I'm, yeah. I do not fast on Wednesdays, though I think um, the GRN leadership does fast on Wednesdays. That's where I thought yeah. I heard that. Good yeah, for so us. Richard, Sammy, uh, I believe Toya as well, they will, I think they abstain from meat on Wednesdays. Oh, wow. But we yes. should all buy Whataburger and send pictures of us eating it. Well, there you go. Uh, traditionally, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays were days of abstinence. Saturdays? Um, yes. Saturdays for Our Lady, Friday for Our Lord, and Wednesday... I believe for St. Joseph. I think that makes sense. And so those were the days of abstinence. Um, we discussed this in the show before, and I can't remember why Wednesdays oh. were St. Joseph. Maybe that's not right. I'll have to go back and double check that. Uh, very interesting. Uh, coming up during this, this hour, we'll be discussing the fall of the pride movement. It's very interesting. At 15 past the hour, we'll be discussing this. Uh, someone told me a joke yesterday. They said, um, uh, why... Um, why does uh, why is Pride Month always in the summer? And I said, okay, why? They said, because Pride cometh before the fall. <laughs> oh, oh, that was good. Oh, oh that's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about the fall of the Pride movement. That's going to be at fifteen past the hour. We have a lot of very good news that we'd love to chat about at thirty past the hour. Michael Hitchborn with the Lepanto Institute will be joining us to discuss the issue of the Catholic hospitals providing trans. 
care. Now, the Michael Hitchmore was supposed to be with us last week, um, but he overslept because he was uh, traveling from the East Coast to San Diego, and he uh, just overslept. So he, uh, we agreed to have him back on today instead, and we'll be talking about the issue with the Catholic hospital providing trans care at 30 past the hour. It's going to be an interesting conversation. I was kind of blown away by the whole situation, so we'll be discussing that. In the next hour, we're going to discuss Crisis Magazine put an article, Chivalry versus the Culture, a very interesting piece about the backpack hero. You may remember uh, the character, uh, that Frenchman, who uh, protected people who are being trying to they they're trying to stab the people to death we're gonna be talking about the that guy and others uh, that also were similarly doing heroic things uh, despite the fact that we live in a unheroic age so maybe it's not all bad news maybe there are is some glimmers of hope some elements of beauty some uh, little droplets of chivalry that still are around that we can uh Try to grasp at, and we can start inculcating in our children, in our families, and in ourselves, most importantly. So all of this coming up in the show today. Uh, you have to forgive me for my my voice is a little shot. We'll discuss that at 15 past the hour as well. Yes, we will. Um, and then, as always, we have our Fear and Trembling Game Show. And we have a prize from a, from the uh, a Sacred Heart t-shirt that we're giving away. So you're going to want to tune in that you're going to want to participate. So you can just go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to get all of our information in there and then get our phone number if you want to call in early there. You can find all that. And lastly, before we jump into our prayer, I want to mention that we started our St. Robert Bellarmine Catechism Series. If you want to get in on that uh, because of just the craziness of a share and all sorts of things that were going on in the studio. We had our retreat and things got pushed around. So I'm going to extend the opening for joining uh, just through for a little while longer. So if you want to join, how do you do so? Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Join our email list. There you'll get all the information. I will send an email out explaining how you can join our catechism series. And if you, uh, for whatever reason, uh, need help with that or are confused about it, shoot me an email and I'd be happy to send you the link on how to join our catechism series. I had a couple people send me an email. I have yet to get back to them. I will get back to them today. So thank you to everybody who shot me an email. We definitely send you that. But let's begin in prayer. We pray for our friends, family, and benefactors, and all those that we promise to pray for. We pray for an end to the scourge of abortion. We pray for whatever it is that you have going on in your life, that you have a successful rest of the weekend, or week rather. And, of course, we pray during this month of June for the virtue of humility against the vice of pride and for the smashing of the LGBT heresy. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. My loving Jesus, out of the grateful love I bear thee, and as a reparation for all my unfaithfulness, I give thee my heart, and I consecrate myself wholly to thee. And with thy aid I propose never to sin again. Heart of Jesus, burning with love for us, inflame our hearts with love of thee. Let us pray, Lord, we beseech thee, let thy Holy Spirit kindle in our hearts that fire of charity, which our Lord Jesus Christ, thy Son, sent forth from his innermost heart upon this earth, and will that it should burn with vehemence who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Ghost, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headline news with Tito Edwards.
Good morning. You are listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Today is Wednesday, May 21st, on Domini 2023, and these are your headlines. Life News is reporting that the state of Kentucky can keep saving babies from abortions. That is because abortionists who ran abortion centers in the state have dropped their lawsuit against the state abortion ban. Deo gratis. Vatican News is reporting a riot in a Honduran woman's prison has killed 41 inmates with gangs behind bars being blamed for the mayhem, which has deeply shocked a nation hardened by organized crime. The riot happened at the Tomorrow Women's Prison located 50 kilometers northwest of the nation's capital of Tegucigalpa. That's roughly 30 miles. And also, LifeSite News is reporting Texas pro-lifers by former abortion facility turned it into a parenting support center. This is a huge victory for the Lord because we did nothing. He did it all. It will be a place of resurrection, said McAllen Pregnancy Center founder Yolanda Chapa. The, the Pillar and Texas Right to Life detail the story of McAllen Pregnancy Center, for, which for years has operated near the McAllen location of the notorious Woman's Whole Health abortion chain. And finally, 1440 Email News is reporting Hunter Biden, the son of President Joe Biden, has agreed to plead guilty in a federal case related to his taxes, according to court documents yesterday. The proposed plea deal includes two misdemeanor counts of willful failure to pay federal income tax and pretrial diversion agreement, an option typically for nonviolent offenders with substance abuse problems for a felony firearm char charge. Those were your headlines this morning. God bless you all. The Gospel of the Day comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 6 and 16 through 18. Be sure you do not perform your acts of piety before men, for them to watch. If you do that, you have no title to a reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when thou givest alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, to win the esteem of men, believe me, they have had their reward already. But when thou givest alms, thou shalt not so much as let thy left hand know what thy right hand is doing. So secret is thy almsgiving to be, and then thy father who sees what is done in secret will reward thee. And when you pray, you are not like the, to be the hypocrites, who love to stand praying in synagogues or at street corners, or to be a mark for men's eyes. Believe me, they have their reward already. But when thou art praying, go into thy inner room and shut the door upon thyself. And so pray to the Father in secret, and then thy Father who sees what is done in secret will reward thee. Again, when you fast, do not show it by gloomy looks as the hypocrites do. They make their faces unsightly, so that men can see they are fasting. Believe me, they have their reward already. But do thou at thy times of fasting anoint thy head and wash thy face, so that thy, face, that, so that thy fast may not be known to men, but to thy father who dwells in secret. And then thy father who sees what is done in secret will reward thee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, a couple things from Cornelius Alapide. He expounds upon this extensively. Uh, but I wanted to focus in on the standing to pray aspect of it. This is something that's usually not discussed because typically they focus in on the praying out loud and the almsgiving in secret. But I wanted to focus in on the standing. 
So here Cornelius Lapide comments, he says, but at other times the Jews prayed kneeling, especially in acts of adoration or penitence, especially Solomon at the dedication of the temple prayed and worshiped kneeling for mark this ye courtiers and delicate ones who like the Jews bend one knee to Christ. He kneeled with both his knees upon the ground. That's in first Kings eight fifty four. So Daniel kneeled down three times a day and worshiped God. So in Micah, chapter 6, verse 6, I will bow my knees to the Most High God. For this is the manner of adoration among all nations. Hence the words, I will leave me 7,000 men in Israel, whose knees have not been bowed to Baal. And God says, Every knee shall bow to me. And they bowed their knee and worshiped. This standing then to pray on the part of the scribes and Pharisees was a part of their pride and vanity. They thought themselves to be worthier and holier than the rest of the people. As for Christians, from the very beginning they have been accustomed to kneel down to pray. For when Christ was near to die, he prayed kneeling down, yea, prostrating himself upon the earth. See also in St. Peter in Acts 940 St. John in the Apocalypse and St. Paul in Acts in Ephesians. For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christians, therefore, in memory of the fall of Adam and his posterity, pray kneeling at all times except Sundays and the Paschal season when they pray standing in honor as a figure of the resurrection of Christ, as St. Justin teaches. Whence is the custom in the church? because we ought to retain an everlasting remembrance both our fall through sin and the grace of our Christ, by which we have risen again from our fall. So for six days we kneel in token of our fall through sin, and on the Lord's day we stand in token of our deliverance from sin and death. St. Irenaeus teaches that this practice began in the time of the apostles, and Tertullian enjoins the same custom. Now he goes on much further, but I think the thing to keep in mind is that when we pray, it is good to kneel. Now, many people will say, oh, but I have bad knees, I have bad back, I have struggle. Well, if this doesn't apply to you, then it doesn't apply to you. It's a general statement, and if you're unable to kneel for whatever reason, you're wheelchair-bound, for instance, or something like that, well, then take what is good and retain what is good. But for most of us, we can kneel down. We can take a knee. We can kneel to receive our Lord in Holy Communion. We can kneel at the altar rail. We can kneel to say the rosary. And we choose not to. And I'm referring to myself. I'm not just you. I'm telling you that I do the same thing. I'd rather sit to pray the rosary than to kneel. It's much more comfortable. But perhaps today, let's kneel down to pray. We'll be right back with more after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to pray for religious vocations. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed daily for vocations to the religious life? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, Religion can never depend on minute disputes about doctrine. 
G.K. Chesterton says that's like saying that life can never depend on minute disputes about medicine. Will the man who says we don't want theologians splitting hairs also say we don't want surgeons splitting filaments more delicate than hairs? Many a man would be dead today if his doctors had not debated fine shades about doctoring. It's also a fact that Western civilization would be dead today if its doctors of divinity had not debated fine shades about doctrine. We depend on doctors of medicine. We can also depend on the doctors of the church. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. So good to be on with you today. Happy Wednesday to you. I hope you're having a blessed Wednesday. Now, there is a lot of interesting stories in the news, but I want to share with you some good news. There is an article out by Catholic Vote, a very excellent short article. It'll probably only take you hmm, a couple minutes to read. It says, This Pride Month, America Pushes Back. It reads, During this year's Pride Month, Americans are pushing back against the LGBTQ movement in a groundswell of parental activism, such as Catholic Vote's Hide the Pride campaign. Catholic Vote describes the Hide the Pride as a parent-led movement to empty local taxpayer-funded libraries of progressive sex and gender-related content aimed at children. Parents across the U.S. have emptied their local libraries' pride displays this month, often replacing the Pride books with wholesome ones. This year's campaign proved that parents would not stand idle by when, while LGBTQ operatives expose children to explicit materials in taxpayer-funded libraries. Now, even liberal news sites admitted that Catholic Vote's campaign has been extremely successful. Now, the parents, the parents participating in Hide the Pride are not alone. More and more parents and teachers are concerned citizens are speaking openly against the LGBTQ movement, increasing focus on minors. According to the latest Gallup polling data, Americans today are less supportive than they were two years ago of the LGBTQ agenda. Quote, a majority, 55%, consider changing one's gender to be morally wrong, while 43% say it's morally acceptable, the poll found. More people now believe changing one's gender is morally wrong, and fewer now believe it is morally acceptable. In 2021, 51% of respondents thought changing one's gender was morally wrong and 46% morally acceptable. Another poll founded that 65% of Americans believe there are only two genders, an increase of six percentage points in the past two years alone. This is very encouraging news because we're seeing an upward trend. We're seeing people have greater ideas, having better ideas rather than worse ideas. This is a positive uh, outlook. This year, children have protested pride videos in math classes, rainbow-filled school halls, and an 18-year-old boy identifying as trans and stripping in a girl's locker room. More and more parents are standing up for their rights and defending their children's hearts and minds. For once, the alphabet mob is back on its heels, wrote Perry, but only because tax-paying parents and their brave kids are speaking up. That's the article. And I think this is great news because it seemed as though every single year the left was gaining ground. There's more and more people that are pushing for this agenda. And I'm curious, honestly, 
to see how many people are actually against this idea, are against these ideas, but they're afraid to say that they are. Because these polls, I'm sure it's kind of this whole situation that we saw with Donald Trump. Whenever you saw the polls in 2020, it was like, there's no way that Trump's going to win. But he did because many people were scared to tell people that they were voting for him. And I think the similar thing is happening here where 55% say that they are against these ideologies. But I think I bet you there is much more. I bet you there is much, much more. And this is good news. We need people to be woken up. This is why we have to talk about this and demonstrate in the public sphere that this is bad and that most people, that you're not alone if you believe in true and true things. You're not alone. And this is something that's very, very important to keep in mind, especially in our current situation. I think one of the elements of why we should do public square rosary rallies, one element amongst many others, the primary reason is reparation for sins and outrages against the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the Sacred Heart of Jesus. But a secondary reason is to give witness to the public and let the public know they are not alone. Because people, they try to silo you. If you're on social media, they'll only expose you to the leftist viewpoints. And so you think, you look around and you say, I'm the only one that has reasonable ideas. And so you cave and you say, well, maybe I'm the crazy one. Because obviously, everyone else agrees with LGBT ideology. So maybe I'm the crazy one. But you're not. And there are many people, many people who agree with you. And this was found to be very clear yesterday in Houston. And we had our rosary rally. And we headed outside of the Astro Stadium. Uh, They had their pride night at Astro Stadium. And we had hundreds of people there praying the rosary with us. It was a very beautiful thing. And the thing that's interesting is that the pride night event has been happening for years. Years it's been happening. In fact, there's only one baseball team in America who doesn't have a Pride Night. And so what does that tell you? That tells you that this is not something that's abnormal. It's become so normalized that we're kind of used to it. And so people aren't really used to being protesting to this kind of thing. It's not like the L.A. Dodgers protest where it was a national news story and a very explicit attack against Catholics. And yet we had were able to gather hundreds of Catholics to give public witness to the truth of sex and marriage. This is something that is very, very good. And we'd want to keep promoting. And joining us uh, on uh, last night was actually uh, Tito came out with his wife. Uh, Tito, have you been to Roger Rallies like that before? Not like that. I, I've been pr- praying in front of Planned Parenthood for years, but not necessarily uh, anything outside of uh, the pro-life movement. And I was deeply impressed with the turnout that there were a, a lot of people that are recognized from various apostolates. Uh, and uh, it was heartwarming to see the reaction from many of them. There are cars honking the horns in agreement, people giving thumbs up. And, and you're right. People don't normally see something like that. And, and this what happened in L.A., what we did tonight here in Houston, last night in Houston the, uh, you should organize, and when if they're having a Pride Night, go and have a rosary rally uh, in a public space and 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 protest peacefully, prayerfully. And it was an uh, it was only supposed to be for an hour, but we were there for at least an hour and a half praying the rosary, almost all the mysteries, 
as well as uh, singing uh, songs and and other uh, devotion, uh, other prayers that we were there. So it was very heartwarming. It was a nice crowd of young and old, and uh, and as as the left would like to say, very diverse. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, very diverse. And yeah. people came out. They brought their different images, different signs, their icons, their pictures. Uh, the uh, Kim Sunderman came out with her crucifix. And we had a number of people that came out with uh, the holy images face of, of, our, Jesus. of the holy face. Yes, that was Guadalupe. It was a wonderful, wonderful thing. And if you were having something like that in your neck of the woods, let us know. I'd be very curious to know. I'd love to talk about it, and I would love to attend. I'd love to go and uh, pray with you. It'd be a very beautiful thing. And I'm very grateful to the TFP for coming out. Yes. And they came out with us, and um, and it was really grateful too because they are actually working on their boys' camp. That's happening starting today, actually. Their boys camp starts today. And so they uh, drove out from Louisiana to participate. And then wow. they're immediately driving back to Louisiana. So it's pretty amazing. I'm very, um, I'm, I'm always very impressed with the TFP guys for their faithfulness uh, to the fight. And they, uh, we had, like you said, we were playing the bagpipes and had the, uh, the snare going. And we were singing hymns. It was a very uh, enjoyable time. But also, more importantly, we gave public witness to Almighty God, and it was very good. I think that it, we, we got a lot of different reactions. Uh, many people were supportive. They honked their horns in support. Uh, we had a lot of middle fingers thrown at us. Um, some might say middle fingers. Others might say they were telling us we were number one. Um, we'll let you decide on which one that would be. And the, But I think overall, it was very positive. And here's another interesting thing. Here's another very interesting thing. There was a number of homeless people who came by, uh, some in wheelchairs, uh, some walking I by. I did notice that. Um, yeah. Maybe like four or five homeless people came by, and they came over and were like uh, cheering us on. And they were like, oh, yeah, we support that. Oh, yeah, y'all are doing great. It's very interesting. Uh, it seems as though the less you are in the liberal elite, the less you agree with the uh, LGBT ideologies. And it's interesting to me because it's kind of portrayed as like the left are the uh, the advocates and the promoters of what is of the uh, the poor, the oppressed. They're the ones who fulfill the corporal works of mercy. Yet I've always whenever I've spoken to poor people in general, people who live in poverty, people in those kind of socioeconomic statuses, they tend to have more conservative values and they're kind of brainwashed because of entitlement programs to go along with leftist ideology. I just find that very interesting. Something that I just viewed when I was, when I was um, seeing the people come by. I, th I think some of them even recognized uh, some of their helpers at Catholic charities and Catholic relief services. So they're high fiving some of the, the prayer warriors out there last night. It was very interesting. And then afterwards, uh, because we were able to do it outside of Annunciation Catholic Church in Houston, uh, they had their monthly uh, prayer. They, I forget what they call it. It's um, oh man, it's escaping my mind all of a sudden. But there was a they had a adoration, benediction, holy mass, and confession after the rally. And so I thought they did a that was a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. Uh, so uh, let me know what you're doing. Let me know how you are, uh, if you are doing a rosary rally in your neck of the woods. I would love to see what is going on in, uh, in your neck of the woods. Find out maybe there is some kind of uh, 
thing that's happening in your neighborhood that needs to be rejected, that acts of reparation need to be made. And if not, then praise be to God, let's just give public witness. Set up a rosary rally, find a very uh, populated street corner, and gather a group and just pray the Holy Rosary publicly. We make some signs saying um, June is dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Amen. And pray the Public Square Rosary Rally. It's a good thing to do. And if you're um, within a, a reasonable distance, I would love to come and join you. I'd love to help out. I'd love to promote whatever you're doing. I think we need more and more of this. And it has to be in the grassroots. We don't need to have some mega organization to create all these things. It goes down to you and I as just members of the laity. It's very simple. It doesn't require any money. Now you can. You can always print signs and print uh, sheets and itineraries and all these different things, bring speakers and all that. You're always welcome to do so. But you don't need any of that. You don't need any of that. All you need is a small group of people to go out and pray the rosary publicly. And maybe you want to spend a dollar or two and go and get some foam board and a Sharpie and write something on a foam board. There's no need to make things fancy, no need to make things difficult. But this is something that we can give public witness to Almighty God. I highly encourage people to do things like this because we have to take up space in the public sphere. If you guys are, are concerned about a confrontation or attack, uh, remember that for some reason or another, praying the rosary has a calming effect on everyone around you that is witnessing your prayer protest. Uh, I'm not saying it's it's a, a shield from everything, but I, I've heard many times before how powerful the rosary is in, in uh, soothing feelings out there. And what's uh, going to do it for this segment. When we come back... Michael Hitchborn. We're going to have breaking news and stories with Tito Edwards, and then Michael Hitchborn will be on and tell us some bad news. We're too, too much good news today. We need to talk about some bad news. So, Catholic hospitals doing trans affirming care. Not good, not good. We're going to talk about that coming up next. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Is the very contemporary and popular idea that a faith alone salvation, which occurs by repenting of sins and asking Jesus in one's heart, sufficient to enter and warrant heaven upon death? I say, no, it's not. Many evangelicals will say, just follow the Romans road, which is four verses snatched out of the book of Romans, and when followed, heaven is promised. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. The Gospels, nor the Epistles, nor the Apostolic and early Church Fathers ever wrote anything like this mechanical approach. Secondly, the marriage experience. After wrongdoing and temporary departure from your family, does a simple one-time, hey honey, I'm really sorry, bring you back into the family? And thirdly, teaching of the Catholic Church, water baptism, loving God and neighbor, which is displayed by consistent acts of charity while maintaining a perseverant hope of heaven is the surest way to God's eternal presence. And my pesky comeback. That Romans road is presumptuous and significantly dumbs down the holy value and price of salvation. And remember, that Romans road has some potholes. I actually was gone from the Catholic Church for 35 years. I want to get to heaven. I don't know if I will. I mean, I worry about it. But I not only want to get to heaven at the moment of my death, I want to find as much heaven as possible here on earth. So I need help. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Wednesday, May 21st, 2023, in the year of our Lord. 
And these are your headlines for this morning. LifeSite News is reporting that YouTube removes Jordan Peterson's interview with RFK Jr. for violating vaccine misinformation policy. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. accused the pharmaceutical industry of being a, quote, a criminal enterprise, end quote. A spokesperson of Google, YouTube's parent company, told Fox News that the company removed a video from the Jordan Peterson channel for violating YouTube's general vaccine misinformation policy, which prohibits content that alleges that vaccines cause chronic side effects outside of rare side effects that are recognized by health authorities. LifeNews.com is reporting new new pro-life organization offers legal help to women injured by abortion. For years, lawyers with a New Mexico-based abortion on trial have been representing women and families in medical malpractice and related cases. One involved the late Keisha Atkins, who died along with her unborn baby after a late-term abortion at Southwestern Women's Options in Albuquerque, resulting in a $1.26 million settlement. This month, they expanded their outreach, officially incorporating as a nonprofit organization reproductive injustice to provide legal aid to women who have been injured by the abortion industry. Catholic News Agency is reporting attorneys representing a woman who has accused retired Quebec Cardinal Marc Oulet of sexual assault say two other women have come forward with accounts of alleged sexual assault and other misconduct. The Cardinal has denied the claims and contended that the allegations of such reprehensible behavior only further defame him. He stressed the need for, for the judicial process to determine the truth. The 79-year-old Cardinal previously claimed a defamation lawsuit against Pamela Grulot for her claims that the Cardinal inappropriately kissed or touched her on four occasions, characterizing it as a sexual assault. She initially made these claims in August of 2021 class action sex abuse lawsuits against the Archdiocese of Quebec concerning many priests, including those who allegedly abused children. And finally, LifeSite News is reporting U.S. takes more extreme position on transgender issues under Biden than any than many Western nations. On June 8th, President Joe Biden attacked state-level laws passed to protect children from puberty blockers and sex change surgeries as, quote, cruel and callous, end quote. The comments came during a press conference with U.K. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. I am Tito Edwards, and these are today's headlines through a Catholic lens. Thank you, Tito, for keeping us up to date. And before we jump into our conversation, I just wanted to... uh, Bring up uh, Kim Sunderman was talking about the event yesterday. You may have remembered the um, these videos were going around. Maybe you don't. Uh, Ryan Foley, he was a uh, he's a TikToker, Protestant TikToker, and he was walking into Catholic churches around Houston and was uh, basically yelling at Catholics, saying we're going to hell, that kind of thing, saying we're preaching a false gospel, uh, that whole thing. And uh, he actually came to our Rosary rally to come and uh, try to question the Catholics about why we are heretics. And uh, so I went to go talk to him afterwards and I invited him on to my podcast to talk to him about it. So we'll see if anything comes of that. But I wanted to bring that up. Is that the guy that is a storm denunciation church? Yeah. Oh, that one. Yeah, that guy. And St. Luke the Evangelist Church in Houston as well. Yes. Yeah. So very, very, yeah, not a very good thing. He was, uh, people were ganging up on him and he was like, oh, you guys are ganging up on me. And I was like, well, you, you came here. <laughs> you showed up here. We weren't. We didn't come to you. Um, but there you go, folks. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. He's uh, been posting some of the videos he was recording um, where he was talking to people yesterday. He posted some of them on TikTok this morning. Uh, people were sending me clips of it. And I was like, okay, well, 
We'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll, I'll have him on and we'll have a formal debate, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, joining us right now is Michael Hitchborn with the Lepanto Institute. And it's, uh, every time we have Michael Hitchborn on, we always have uh, bad news to talk about. We'll have to have him back at some point just to talk about something positive. But um, Michael Hitchborn, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me on, and I wish I had good news. Absolutely. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. But uh, here we have this story about Catholic hospitals. And you hear Catholic hospitals, you think, oh, that's great. It's probably some hospital run by religious sisters and everything's up to board and we can trust them. So what's the situation with these Catholic hospitals, Mr. Hitchborn? So what I found and what I reported on is that Common Spirit Health, which is the largest Catholic health care network in the country, it's also the largest Catholic hospital network in the country, uh, is performing transgender surgeries. They are performing sex change operations. They're also providing uh, hormone treatments for transitioning, and they're even providing puberty blockers for kids. Uh, I I wound up conducting uh, this research back in March, and I produced a 64-page report based on everything that I found. Lining everything up, I, there's there's really no ambiguity here. Uh, Common Spirit Health is absolutely guilty of this. And um, uh, unfortunately, it's the only way that it can be stripped of its Catholic identity is if the Vatican does it, because that's uh, the the vehicle by which it has obtained its Catholic identity. Well, Mr. Hitchborn, you know, someone might say, well, you know, there are some bad apples. There are always some bad apples. How many are we talking about here? Two, three hospitals? What are we talking here? Now, it, it's here's the thing. We, I have identified two specific hospitals within the entire network that are performing the transgender surgeries. However, there is a whole network of, in, in California specifically of hospitals belonging to uh, Common Spirit Health, uh, I, I think I, I counted about 26, that are required to refer to refer patients to this one particular uh, sex change operation hospital in California. Should a patient come in and say, you know what, I'm, I'm actually uh, a member of the opposite sex and I need to have my body sculpted in such a way as to mimic that. And uh, they, they are obliged to do this. Um, Another thing that I found is that Common Spirit Health has a healthcare benefits package that pays for sex change operations, uh, hormone therapies, and and puberty blockers for kids for their employees. Uh, Common Spirit Health also gave millions of dollars to St. Francis Memorial Hospital, the hospital that I in California that performs these surgeries, gave millions of dollars to this hospital for the purpose of purchasing a robotic surgical unit that performs these surgeries. So it's not it's not a matter of finding the number of hospitals that are participating in this or that are doing these things. It's about the entire network that is supporting and advocating and building up this this uh procedure uh and these these gross <laughs> procedures uh on the whole, it's it's all participating top to bottom. Now, I think a lot of people probably won't understand how grave this is because it's become so ubiquitous of these kind of things happening in hospitals. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, another thing. But it was interesting to me because maybe this will kind of shed some light on it was when I was reading your uh, report here, you mentioned also that not only are they doing the transgenderism, things like that, is which is bad enough. 
but they're also prescribing drugs like abortifacients and mm -hmm. other contraceptive drugs. So tell me about that aspect of it. So there's a uh, another hospital network called uh, Virginia Mason Franciscan Health that was merged into C Common Spirit. Uh, and I can't remember the exact number, but I, I, I want to say it was somewhere around 16 hospitals, uh, the majority of them Catholic, belonging to this network were, I mean, I have the documentation straight from their own website. The, the, they had these little forms that showed what their hospital provides regarding reproductive health. All of them checked the box for every manner of contraception, whether it's uh, injectables or patches or uh, IUDs or what have you, which we know are abortifacients. Um, they had that box checked saying, yep, we provide these, not a problem. Yeah, that's very concerning, and especially whenever we say that this is supposed to be Catholic hospitals. I only don't understand how they can call themselves Catholic. But in fact, not only can they call themselves Catholic, but you're saying that they have a status equivalent to that of religious order. Tell me about that. Yeah, what Common Spirit wrote in uh, its tax form 990 was very interesting because it, it was explaining why is it is a 509A3 organization, which means it's a subsidiary of another charitable organization. Uh, and it's a subsidiary of what's called the Catholic Healthcare Federation. And the Catholic Healthcare Federation is called a public juridic person, which is a, it has the status of a corporation. It's a canonical statement. Um, so in canon law, it's, it's a public, basically a corporation according to the church. And um, it has the authority to uh, act as a dicastery or, or a, uh, I'm sorry, a diocese or a, a parish or, or a religious order. And it says so in the, um, in the form, what it, what it explains this as, it, it actually goes in and says, this means that it's not just a member of the Catholic Church or a portion of the Catholic Church. It is the Catholic Church. So everything that Common Spirit does, it does in the name of the church. And when you throw in all of this transgender homosexual nonsense that it's pushing, well, it's not just nonsense, it's wicked. Um, then it's doing so in the name of the church, which is a massive scandal. We'll have to go to a quick break. When we come back, I want to touch a little bit more on that because saying it's not just affiliated, it is the Catholic Church. That's very concerning. So how can it be stopped? We'll cover that when we come back right after this. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. What's the primary reason you chose your present church? Doctrinal positions? Your family's church? The pastor? Church friendliness? Dynamic youth ministry? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, statistics. A survey showed that 87% of those who attend a non-Catholic church choose their church because of the senior pastor's sermons. Secondly, the reason for Catholics, this comes from Canon Law 518, which says, as a general rule, a parish is to be one which includes all the Christian faithful of a certain territory. And thirdly, my response, the average span of a mature Christian staying at a non-denominational church is between 18 and 24 months. Why such a short time? You know the reason. They came because we love the pastor and his sermons. He's so relatable and so current. Whoops, now they're tired of relatable and current, so just go down the street. They found some new relatable and current. Oh, the alluring draw of charisma. Fortunately, at a Catholic church, the sermon is not the central moment. Do you know what is the central moment? Body and blood. Donnie, what are the four Gospels in the New Testament? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And who baptized Jesus? 
St. John the Baptist. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. You know, it was very interesting to me about a week ago. I didn't even know about this story from the Lepanto Institute on these Catholic hospitals having transgender, quote-unquote, care, supporting their delusions, one might say, until I saw a post where somebody said, oh, it's so great. The bishops are going to be voting on not allowing Catholic hospitals to do transgender care. And I was like, wait a second. That means that they were allowing it. Exactly. And so I'm like, why are we celebrating this? Why are we happy about this? And so I'm okay. Great. I'm glad they're, they're going to, uh, we, they might do something. I'm glad they might do something about it and they're putting it up for a vote, but it was concerning to see that it was happening to begin with. And so, before we jump back into this conversation, I wanted to read to you something from Common Spirit's tax form because when I read this, I had to read it a second time because I was kind of surprised because I was thinking, okay, well, this is uh, Mr. Hitchborn's uh, explanation of it. But no, this is a quote from Common Spirit's tax form itself. They said here that the CHCF is a juridic person of the pontifical right subject to the direct oversight and jurisdiction of the apostolic see in the vatican as a public juridic person in the church chcf is the juridic equivalent of a diocese or parish or religious order in the catholic church as a public juridic person chcf is not merely affiliated with the catholic church it is the catholic church an official part of the church itself with a munis or duty assigned to it by the church and able to act publicly in the name of the church. This is very, very concerning. Mr. Hitchborn, uh, thank you for joining us. Explain this to me. Does this mean that the only person that can restrict them is Pope Francis himself? The bishops really can't do anything about it? Uh, well, so the bishops themselves in the United States really can't do anything about the Catholic name of common spirit health. Pope Francis is ultimately responsible, but uh, as with all things, because it got its um, approbation from a, a dicastery in Rome, really it's the dicastery that has the responsibility for oversight over common spirit health. So it's it, it falls into the Roman bureaucracy, but ultimately the, the decisions and everything else regarding common spirit health will have to come from the Vatican. Yeah, that's very, very concerning. And we see whenever you uh, you put these reports out um, periodically, and they're always extremely detailed, very difficult to argue with, and you put them out, and many times people just ignore them. What has been the kind of the reception of the uh, report so far? Uh, we've gotten a lot of coverage. Uh, I was actually just on with Jack Posobiec yesterday uh, to discuss this, and, and we, uh, I mean, we've been covered in the Epoch Times. We got covered by the Daily Wire. Uh, there's been a lot of coverage regarding this particular report, but when it comes to uh, Common Spirit Health's own response, they've said zero, zippo. They've said nothing. 
which isn't surprising. Uh, I know the Epoch Times journalist that tried reaching out to them, and and he made multiple, multiple attempts, and I said, good luck. I, I, I said, I really <laughs> doubt they're going to say anything. Wow, that's uh, very concerning. Um, what about, have we heard anything from Rome or from the bishops? I know we, the bishops are voting on this kind of issue, and how are these things connected? Nothing from Rome. Uh, the... The USCCB did hold their vote last week, and they voted to include language regarding uh, the trans issues, uh, trans care and whatnot, in the new uh, ethical and religious directives of Catholic healthcare. So what that means is that uh, that's the formal document that they have that guides all, all Catholic hospitals in the United States. So they are going to put something in there. Some bishops were were uh, a little reticent. They they got a unanimous vote, but they said, um, "Well, we need to have experts, and we need to have doctors and and people who are trans to uh, address this matter, so that we can have informed, uh, you know, ideologies going into this new ethical and religious directives paragraph." So balderdash. And so yeah. that's interesting to me because if that's what they did. It seems as though it's equivalent to the the classic joke. I'm going to write a strongly worded letter. Does this actually act, have any influence, or is this simply just uh, posturing? The ERDs actually do have influence. Uh, the Catholic hospitals have an obligation to follow the ethical and religious directives of the USCCB. Um, as my report points out, there are a number of Catholic hospitals that have been distributing contraception for quite some time, which is a direct violation of the ERDs. I do know that um, Bishop Olmsted, back in 2012, I think, actually stripped a Catholic hospital of its Catholic identity, but it belonged to uh, Common Spirit Health, or, well, what was the precursor to Common Spirit Health anyway. He stripped this one hospital of its Catholic identity because it performed an abortion Wow. Uh, ostensibly because, well, it was for the life of the mother. There was nothing else they could do, et cetera, which was a lie. But um, he actually stripped it of its Catholic identity because it violated the ERDs. Now, explain to me this then, because uh, I was under the impression that the bishop could not strip them of the Catholic name. So can they? Can, they, can a local bishop, let's say, for instance, there was a hospital here in Houston. Could Cardinal DiNardo say, all right, uh, you guys are gone, you can't call yourself Catholic, or you have to pack up and move out, kind of like he can do with religious orders. Is that kind of a something he can do, or is that not the case? Well, when it comes to individual Catholic hospitals, uh, they fall under his jurisdiction. He can actually say to the Catholic hospital, you're not allowed to call yourself Catholic in my diocese. Um, but beyond that, because it belongs to Common Spirit Health, only Common Spirit Health can be judged by by the Vatican. It's it's just not uh, something that he ha would have authority over. So he can tell his Catholic hospital, you're not allowed to be a member of Common Spirit Health. You have to sever your ties, et cetera, whatever the case may be. But uh, he can't he can't touch the name or the identity of Common Spirit itself. Right. Okay. That makes sense. I, that, that kind of bridges those ideas. The Here's one other thing. I think a lot of people also, and I, I try to be as, this is a very difficult topic, to be uh, very clinical. Uh, so whenever they say these situations happen and they're doing, quote unquote, transgender care, 
Uh, many people may not know exactly what we're talking about when they say that. So could you explain and uh, try to be as PG as possible uh, what exactly is meant by transgender care? Are they giving them therapy to help them understand that a man is a man and a woman is a woman? Transgender care it has it's kind of a gloss term. It, it covers a, a wide range of things. It could be something from psychological treatments to um, gender affirming care, which is what covers the hormones. It's what covers the surgeries. Uh, so it all depends. It all depends. But um, generally speaking, when they when they say uh, transgender care. They're talking about anything that affirms the identity of the individual, but um, it could cover things like psychology, psychological treatments and, and whatnot. Interesting. And I was looking at your report on page 43 and 42. Uh, Y'all mentioned the uh, trans feminine male to female gender affirming surgeries that are done. And mm -hmm. these are incredibly, incredibly um jaw dropping and speaking of jaw dropping one of them is jaw contouring contouring which is like the shaving of the bone of the jaws to appear more masculine goodness and there's different things like this and i was uh, talking to a friend of mine recently who was interested in doing a uh, plastic surgery and i was telling them you know honestly on top of just i'm just generally against um elective care like that in general but even worse you're probably going to end up having to do transgender surgeries like this and because those would be cosmetic surgeries that would fall under that. And I would, I'm just, and it's very concerning seeing what is happening when you read. Like, people do not understand until they read exactly what's happening, how bad it is. It's kind of this ethereal idea, but they don't really get into the minutiae and they get, and it just kind of seems something that's not real. Yeah, well, it's it's Frankenscience. It's uh, it, it really is something out of a Nazi horror film. But the uh, the nature of the transgender surgeries, it, it really does subject the patient to a lifetime of surgeries because most of them don't take. Even though you can shape the body to look like uh, somebody else, a member of the opposite sex, whatever the case may be, the stuff they do to the genitals, it, it literally leaves an open wound in that area. And that open wound has to be constantly cleaned. It has to be constantly kept up surgically. Uh, there is no uh, one and done when it comes to that kind of thing. And and it uh, it it will get into the hundreds of mil hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of dollars of surgical procedures. And it's it's a huge business. Well, that gets into a, an excellent point, which is I'm going to ask you to kind of um, diagnose their intentions a little bit. Why do you think they're doing this? Is it purely financial? Are they true believers? Uh, what's going on here? I think there's definitely a profit motive. Uh, there is a lot of money to be had in the trans business. But I also think that a lot of it is is ideologically driven because these people, have, they're, they're, they've, they've bought hook, line, and sinker into this whole ideology. Part of, part of the problem is that um, HRC, the Human Rights Campaign, has now started uh, vetting hospitals to determine whether they're fitting in line with the trans ideologies. And that vetting is, uh, it's, it's affecting the ratings of the hospitals, kind of like what's happening with the woke companies now that we're seeing. They're being rate, rated by uh, the trans community as well. And if you don't uh, 
come into conformity with their ideologies, well, things are going to get more expensive, things are going to get more tough for you to get materials, etc. Now, the last point here I want to bring up is um, what can we do as laity? Should we be contacting our bishops? Should we be protesting these hospitals? Or what, what exactly can we do? First and foremost, we should be doing prayers of uh, penance and reparation. We should be making acts of reparation because what is being done in the name of the church is an abomination. But on top of that, we should be contacting our bishops and asking them to do something about this. They should, the bishops should be contacting Rome and saying, this is, this is not allowable. This should not be taking place. And the bishops should be leading the charge to have common spirit health stripped of its Catholic identity or forced to not perform these kinds of procedures uh, in some way, shape, or form. So the bishops should be leading the charge, and we should be informing and, and asking our bishops to lead the charge. Amen. Amen. I think uh, last point here is uh, go to LepantoIN.org. Check out the whole report because many people will say, no, Mr. Hitchborn, you're making these things up. It's not true. And I think uh, Mr. Hitchborn does a wonderful job of laying out all the information. It's, uh, it's very, very difficult to argue with. So if you uh, doubt it, check it out. Go read it for yourselves. Um, Michael, uh, let me know his, uh, how can people stay in touch with you? Where can people get connected? If they go to our website, lepantoin.org, that's L-E-P-A-N-T-O-I-N.org, our report is up there. Sign up for our newsletter, and uh, we'll keep you informed that way. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Hitchborn. Keep up the good work. Uh, we'll have to have you back on for some uh, positive news at some point. But God bless you. God love you. And have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much. God bless you, and God bless your audience. Check it out, LepantoIN.org, LepantoIN.org for the full report. We'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time right after this. I also want to dialogue with all the young people. Catholics are committed to building a society which is truly tolerant and inclusive. Let us treat others with the same passion and compassion with which we want to be treated. Come and see what good things God is waiting for you at catholicscomehome.com. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. When you walk into your non-denominational church or your megachurch, what do you see? What stands out to you? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, observations in a Catholic church. You will notice at least eight items, all of which have religious, historical, or biblical significance. Secondly, what are those items? As soon as you walk in, the can't-miss baptismal font, a stone altar, stained glass windows, 14 stations of Christ's passion, statues, a gold tabernacle, a lit candle near the tabernacle, and a large crucifix. Thirdly, my take. So, what seems to fill your church and truly move you toward Jesus? Oh, I know you don't need a physical or superfluous objects to move you toward Jesus. He's everywhere and in your heart. And that is true. But tell that to Moses, David, and Solomon, who were under strict and exact directions from God on how to build his house and then fill it with his Shekinah glory. I mean, does a comfy chair, does a flashy Fender guitar, does a well-fashioned stage move you toward contemplation and holiness? Remember, stages are for entertainment, but sanctuaries are for worship. I don't worship. know why I turn on my radio 
because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. I love the shows with the Catholic apologists. I love the shows with the sort of day-to-day psychologist, Greg and Lisa Popchek. I love hearing not just of other people's problems who call in, but I love getting the Catholic take on how to deal with day-to-day reality. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Faith, hope, charity. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Shields from St. Dominic Village, and you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. It's kind of wild how crazy the world is, how that crazy it is. But the good news is that the crazier the world is, the more opportunities it, there are to become heroes. Because we live in an age where there is so much debauchery, so much wickedness, and we as Catholics, or just as people, have two choices. We can either choose to say, you know what? I give up. I'm either going to bury my head in the sand and abandon the world, or maybe I'm going to participate. If you can't beat them, join them. Or you can choose to be a hero. You can choose to jump into the fight. What an opportunity. What an opportunity to have chivalry. Uh, Crisis Magazine put out an article, Chivalry versus the Culture. A backpack hero and the subway defender show that chivalry is not dead even while our society tries to destroy it. On Thursday, June 8th, a children's playground in the picturesque French alpine town of Annecy was a scene of a ghastly stabbing attack in which four toddlers and two pensioners were seriously wounded by a knife-wielding assailant. A bystander's video later hit the internet showing the attacker repeatedly lunging at a child in a stroller, pushing aside a woman who tried to shield the baby. He clearly targeted the babies, another witness told BFM TV. The video, but video also showed the attacker being confronted by an unarmed young backpacker who fended him off with one of his two backpacks and then pursued the suspect into the playground and threw one of his bags at him, subsequently referred to as Le Hero Asagdados, or the backpack hero, by the media. The 24 year old Catholic who gave only his first name, Henry, said he was on a months-long pilgrimage of Francis cathedrals and happened to be near the playground when he saw the attack began. Now, I think this is a very beautiful thing. He said, I let myself be guided by Providence and the Virgin Mary. I said my I do, and they would decide what would happen. Now, how many of us would have that kind of attitude? How many of us are afraid to stand up? We see other people going to rosary rallies, and these kind of things are very safe, generally speaking. They're very, very safe, very unlikely for things to happen. I mean, things, bad things do happen. We have to be aware 
but they're very uh, it's very safe especially in america and yet i know so many people who are like oh i'm so glad you are doing that i'm so glad you are going out there i support y'all i can't go out there though i'm too scared well what does it mean to have courage the virtue of courage doesn't mean you're not afraid the virtue of courage is being afraid but choosing to do the good anyway despite the fact that you're afraid in fact you can have no courage if you have no fear if all fear is missing well then you're not courageous you're just doing the thing i whenever i brush my teeth in the morning i'm not doing a courageous act i just i just do it <laughs> it's only whenever there is danger involved then you can be called courageous and in this aspect of divine providence this is very beautiful he says, I let myself be guided by providence and the Virgin Mary. I said my adieu, and they would decide what would happen. He had basically decided, if I die, I die. I'm going to let our Lord and our Lady decide what happens to me, and I will just act. Now, he survived and was totally fine he was okay with with risking his life what would you do in that situation what would i do in that situation i don't know i i hope and pray that i would have the courage in the moment to jump in and risk my life to save someone else to be a hero to act with chivalry but i don't know i don't know i pray that god will grant me that grace and this is why we have to be prepared my mother used to tell us when we were kids, she would come to our rooms at night, tell us stories, tuck us in bed, and she would ask us if we were ready to be martyrs, if we would be martyred for our Lord. And it kind of put in your mind, even from a very early age, that our life isn't about this world. In fact, we are not of this world. We are of the kingdom of heaven. And so if we are of the kingdom of heaven, then we are servants to a king. Who is that king but our Lord Jesus Christ and the queen, his heavenly mother? And if that's the case, then what should we do? What is our calling? Yeah. To be soldiers. To be soldiers of Christ. It, it's... it's uh... You don't want to be on your deathbed wishing you would have done things that you should have done or could have done. And uh, it's, it's one thing uh, to remember. That, what's memento mori. Uh, know that uh, you're, you're not of this life. Your life is in paradise with God. And uh, it is uh, something to keep in mind. I know some people like to keep a skull, a plastic skull, <laughs> big, small, large, uh, on their desk or carry with them just to remind them that this, this world ends, but we have eternal life. Uh, with him, our Lord Jesus Christ. If you can keep that m kind of mindset, it's easier, and you gain strength uh, through your faith, through Jesus, through through the uh, choirs of uh, saints to help you do what is courageous, what is true, what is honorable, what is heroic. Uh, like Pope Benedict the Sixth, the late Pope Benedict the Sixteenth said, "You were made for 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 greatness, not for comfort." So.
And I think that's a great idea there. We're not made for comfort. We're made to go into the deep. Yeah. And the 19th century Irish writer, Kenel Digby, called in called chivalry the spirit which disposes men to heroic and generous actions and keeps them conversant with all that is beautiful and sublime in the intellectual and moral world. The article goes on and says, but too many young women today consider chivalry, when they considered it at all, to be an oppressive, backwards ethos with its roots in militaristic violence and patriarchal sexism. Too many young men view it with equal contempt as servile deference to females and the historical roots of feminism. In doing so, they are making the very common mistake of conflating Christian chivalry with its later stage, largely literary phase, known as courtly love, but that's a conversation for another day. In fact, chivalry originated as a timeless warrior code that Christianity molded into a martial but moral ideal of courage, honor, and service. Now, this is something that is lost today. And this is one of the reasons why I love the story of Don Quixote de la Mancha. Don Quixote, which maybe you have heard of the story of Don Quixote. I think it was assigned to a lot of people to read when they were in school. I know we were assigned to read it in school. I didn't know if I, I didn't read all of it in school. My biggest <laughs> regret was not reading everything assigned to me in school. But in Don Quixote, it talks about this man, Cervantes, who was, people don't know this, Cervantes, the writer of Don Quixote, he fought at the Battle of Lepanto. He was a warrior at the Battle of Ponto. He fought under Don Juan of Austria. Don Juan of Austria who said, there is no paradise for cowards. He told that to his men before going off to battle. And Don Quixote, who everybody considered crazy, who lived in the decadent world, who saw himself as a knight errant. What did he say? What did he do? He became a counter-revolutionary in his time. He stood up and said, I'm not the crazy one. Everyone else is crazy for rejecting chivalry, <laughs> for rejecting knighthood, for rejecting lords and ladies, for rejecting the Christian sphere. And everybody called him crazy for it. And that's kind of the point of Don Quixote at the end of the story. When he dies, you realize he wasn't the crazy one. It's you and I who are the crazy ones. It's you and I who are the ones that are lost in this world, in this world lacking chivalry. In fact, he changes people's lives simply by seeing things as they should be. And he, so for instance, he meets a prostitute, this woman who is a woman of ill repute, and he goes to her. And he calls her Dulcinea, a very sweet name, Dulcinea. And he treats her like a lady. He says that he loved her. He always has loved her. But he says in a chaste manner. He very specifically says in a chaste manner. And it's this chaste love that he has for Dulcinea that changes her from being a prostitute to begin to act like a lady. Before she was treated as a prostitute and so she continued to act as a prostitute. But it was Don Quixote's chaste love that changed her 
that converted her. And the same thing happens with his uh, squire. I believe it's uh, his name. What was his name? Um, Santo. His name was Santo. The squire Santo, he joins him in this, this crusade. And everybody's like, what are you doing, dude? You're not crazy, but he is. And he basically says, he, he's asked, why do you keep following this guy around? He's a little nuts, don't you think? And he's like, yeah, he's a little weird, but, but I like him. I think he's good. And you don't understand. When you talk to this man, he is good. And he makes me good. And so here is the question. What will you and I do in this time? Will we laugh at people and say, stop being such a LARPer? Stop uh, doing role-playing. Just be normal. Why don't you just be normal like everyone else? Or perhaps we're called to say, maybe I can be Don Quixote. Maybe I can be chivalrous in this unchivalrous age. What virtue is it to be good when everybody is good? It is so much greater virtue It's a greater reward when you can be good when everyone else is bad. Now, obviously, we want everyone to be good. But this has been an opportunity for us, a holy opportunity for us. And we can take it and become great saints, or we can reject it and be the worst of sinners. That's an opportunity for you. That's your choice you have to make. Will you say, I want to be a counter-revolutionary. I want to be a Don Quixote. I want to be chivalrous. And I want to be a saint. I want to be someone who goes to heaven and is not just making it by the skin of my teeth, but I want to be a great saint. I want to be one of the saints that St. Louis de Montfort talks about in his fiery prayer, children of Mary. Or... We can choose to do nothing. We can choose to be lukewarm. We could choose to go along to get along. We could choose the pleasures of this world. We could choose to have the easy way out. And we could choose to go to hell. That's our choice to make. God will allow you to. God gives you that free will. He allows you to make those kind of decisions. And he will respect your decision. St. Thomas, when asked, how do you become a saint? What's the way to get to heaven? St. Thomas wrote just two words. Will it. If you want to get to heaven, will it. Desire it, make actions, and just do the thing. Like St. Augustine says, love God and do what thou wilt. For if you love God, you will keep his commandments. So let's keep that in mind as we go into our Fear and Trembling game show. We're going to be having our game show coming up in just one moment, and you could be our contestant. How do you play? Well, it's simple. You just have to call in and be a participant. We always take the first caller, 877-757-9424-877-757-9424-877. 757-9424. We always take the first caller. You could be a winner. So call now. We always take the first caller, and we're giving out prizes on Friday. 
You get three chances to become this week's winner. 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Is the Bible sufficient to answer all questions about Christian living and church life? Well, the answer is definitively no. There isn't agreement on scores of doctrinal issues, such as the effects of baptism, who can receive communion, once saved, always saved, abortion, or how about eligibility for marriage after divorce? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, fruit analysis. Luther, Calvin, and Zwingli, who are the fathers of non-Catholic Christianity, did not rid the unbiblical practices they despised, but instead turned out to be the progenitors of some 50 denominations and scores of divergent beliefs. Secondly, natural reason. Well, if the Bible alone is supposed to clarify all beliefs, the very fact that such division prevails is actually proof that an arbiter of doctrine is desperately needed. And thirdly, the golden twins. Sacred scripture and sacred tradition will always prevail as the foundation of all Christian truth, doctrines, and beliefs. Remember, identical twins come from one egg. I turned from a recreational drug user to a drug addict. That took me to my knees. I lost a family, almost two families. I lost friends. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. I love it. My heart's there. I took communion after 18 years, and I, the rest of the Mass I sat and cried. God restored my life. God restored my family. God restored my love. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424, that's the number to call to be our contestant on today's show, Fear and Trembling. You could be a champion. You could be a winner. If you just call now, 877-757-9424, you could have three opportunities to win a prize. Now, you may be asking, how can I win a prize? What are we talking about here? What am I listening to? Well, we are playing our Fear and Trembling Game Show, a Catholic trivia game show where we ask three Catholic trivia questions. And here's the trick. I'm not going to ask you the questions. No, I'm going to ask Tito the question. He's going to give me an answer, and it's your job to discern whether or not he is right or whether or not he is wrong, which means there's a 50-50 chance of you getting each question correct, even if you just guess. So if you call in 877-757-9424, we always take the first caller, and every right answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Tito, what could they win? Thank you. Winner, winner, prize winner. The Fear and Trembling Prize for today is a Sacred Heart t-shirt from For His Glory Company. For His Glory Company provides high-quality, one-of-a-kind Christian t-shirts and products not found in stores. Their website is hisgloryco.com. Thank you to hisgloryco.com and that number, 877-757-9424. I'm looking over to my left, and we have an opportunity for you to win the prize if you call in now, we always take the first caller, 
That's number. And you can always find our information on our website. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. There we have listed our phone number, any of the contact information you need. You can sign up for our email list. All the information you need about the Catholic Drive Time Show can be found at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. I recommend highly to go there and check us out there, um, especially since you can always write down our phone number, put it on speed dial, and so you can call in early to the game show. That number one last time, 877-757-9424. And you remember, you can always go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to be a contestant. All right. Joining us right now is Dana. Good morning to you, Dana. Hi. Good morning, Adrian. Uh, Dana, where are you calling from? From Ennis, Texas. From Ennis, Texas. Praise be to God. I don't think we've uh, have we had an Ennis, Texas caller before. Are you a repeat caller, um, Diana? Yes, Dana? I am. I thought so. I thought so. I thought I recognized uh, Ennis, Texas, and I thought I recognized uh, the name as well. So tell me. Uh, when I drive through Ennis, Texas, which that's outside of a uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area, no? It's south, yes. Yes. Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, when I drive through there, where should I stop at? Uh, I don't know. We got a, a Bucky's now. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, I love that's where I know Ennis, Texas, the Bucky's. I stopped there. <laughs> very good, very good. I'll be heading to Dallas in a couple of weeks, so maybe I'll stop by Ennis, Texas, at least for the Buckies, at the very least. Uh, but where do you go to church there in, uh, in Ennis, Texas, or Dallas-Fort Worth area? Uh, I go to St. John's Nepomancy Church. Well, it's a Catholic go. church. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, praise be to God. I'm glad to hear it. Now, you're very familiar with the game, so you know that there can be uh, some trickiness involved in the game. Uh, where are you off to this morning before we jump in? Uh, um, another doctor's appointment. I actually have an MRI for my head today. I'm the one that's um, fighting cancer. Mm, <laughs> right. Oh. We, we talk, yeah. Well, very good. We'll be praying for uh, the a positive outcome and that God's holy will be done in all things, no? Yes. Amen. It's all in his hands. Amen. Amen. Well, we are going to jump in and be ready to play the game. So are you ready to play? Yes, I am. Well, let's do it. Uh, Tito, the first question for you. All righty. Here's the question. It's a little tricky. I can imagine this being a kind of a tricky-ish question, but we'll see how it goes. All right, let's see. The question is, when the Pope blesses the city of Rome, and here's, here's the, uh, the kicker, and the world, what is the blessing Called. Oh, goodness. This is a tongue twister. I, this is one of his most well-known blessings, too. Uh, it has something, city, so uh, urban, and world, the orb. So it'd be a uh, urban orb. Urbi et orbi. Urbi et orbi is what you're saying. Yes. Urbi oh, wow. et orbi. Okay, that makes sense. Urbi is like city. 
at is and orbi is the world. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm following you. I'm following what My you're Spanish saying. Spanish helps a bit. Your your French is uh, showing. Thank um, you. Very good. All right, Dana. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is: When the Pope blesses the city of Rome and the world, what is that called? Tito says it's Urbi at Orbi. What say you, Dana, from Ennis, Texas? Uh, I don't know the answer, but I'm going to go with Tito. He's going to go with he's right. <laughs> and way to go. Good job, Dana. Yes, that is correct. And uh, it is, in Whoa. fact, it's literally the city in the world. Yeah. And then the city is the city of Rome. So. It's the city and the world. The city and the world. Yeah, there you go. So very good. I know, Dana, you're a Latin scholar, a truly a classicist. And so, in fact, I think I'm going to change all these questions to Latin questions. What do you think? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Well, we have uh, the rest of these questions. I'm looking over. And, well, at least question number two. It looks like it's going to be a very easy question. So I think you're going to get this one. Knock it out of the park. Hit a touchdown. And you're going to shoot a uh, a, a birdie. Or I'm, I'm really good with sports analogies, I promise. Um, <laughs> uh, question number two for you. Uh, Tito. I'm ready, Freddie. The question is, my name's Adrian. What are you? T- I'm just kidding. Uh, what do we call <laughs> God's love for men and men's love for his fellow men? Ah, yes. In Portuguese, it's called Amor. Uh, roughly translated back into English, going on, uh, let's see here, translator, charity. You're saying charity. Charity, yeah. Amor okay. in Portuguese r- roughly comes out to charity, so it has to be charity. Like, like, like caritas. Caritas, yes. Or is it caritas? It's, uh, I think it's caritas. Or caritas. It's definitely not carnitas, Car- which oh, is dude, just not food. too early. It's, oh. it's tasty. I'm hungry um, now. So not not carnitas, but caritas. We're going, okay, we're going with charity. Sorry, I'm getting distracted. I'm I, hungry now. You, you, um, <laughs> Dana, 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is, what do we call God's love for men and men's love for his fellow men? What say you, Dana, from Ennis, Texas? Is it charity, as Tito says, or is he tricking you? Or maybe it's carnitas. What say you, Dana, from Ennis, Texas? Uh, I know this one. Hopefully I got it right, though. Tito is correct. Says Tito is correct. Way to go, Dana. (laughs) That is, in fact, correct. It is, in fact, the virtue Good. of charity. Wow. There you go. Faith, hope, and charity. And the greatest of these is charity. So very good, Dana. It was not carnitas, despite uh, how much I love carnitas. I didn't know, I don't know she if you could Tagalog. Say, I don't know if I could say that I have charity for, for carnitas, but I certainly, I certainly enjoy them. Okay. I certainly enjoy them. A little too much, one might say. Uh, but question number three, Dana, are you ready for that one? Yes. Okay. Uh, be careful. Keep your ears tuned. Do not be deceived. Here comes. Which is the prayer of the canon hmm. where the priest asks all the saints in heaven for their assistance? Ah, oh, yeah. the All the saints. That'd be the choir of saints. So uh, that's uh, choral assistance prayer. Choral being derived from choir. And the saints are the choir of saints. So, cap. Uh, yep. Cap. Cap. That's how I remember that one. Yeah. There you go. You're saying you're saying 
No cap. 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 No cap. Cap. It's cap. It's cap. Okay. Carnitas just triggered something in my brain, and I yeah. The choral assistance prayer. All right. All right. Very interesting. I I don't think I've ever heard of this this prayer before. Choral assistance prayer. Very interesting thing to go with there. All right, Dana. Now here is the question: Which is the prayer of the canon where the priest asks all the saints in heaven for their assistance? Fifteen seconds on the clock. Tito says it's the choral assistance prayer, and I'm saying cap. What say you, Dana? Uh, uh, Tito is incorrect. Tito is incorrect. You say. Way to go, Dana! That is in fact correct. He is incorrect. It is correct that he is incorrect. Uh, is that clear as mud? I hope oh, so. Oh, goodness. My dyslexia so. is kicking me. So, no. Uh, actually, it's funny because word cap means um, people use the word cap to mean no or like fake. Like that's uh, not oh. true. And so there you go. Uh, but the uh, the correct answer is, in fact, communicantes. That is the uh, technical name for the prayer of the canon where the priest asked all the saints in heaven for their assistance. The communicantes is the name of that prayer. But very good, Dana. You Thank got three you, for three. That is a perfect score. So you're wow. going to get your name in the coffee cup of Divine Providence thrice. Uh, make sure to stay on hold. I don't know if uh, Tito That's... kept your information, but we'll stay on hold anyway yeah. so we can double check. I think we normally thrice. throw those away after we're done with the week. But God bless you, Dana. God love you, and congratulations. We'll be praying for you. And I know everybody will be praying for you. Thank you. Well, I'm going to put you on hold. God Don't go anywhere. You. God bless you. And that's going to do it for the radio side. If you can join us in the after show, I'd love to have you. Join us on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey. Just type in Catholic Drive Time in your favorite streaming service, and we would love to talk to you there. We can go and interact with you directly. have got a lot to share with you about um, some upcoming projects. So very interesting, very interesting stuff. So hop on with us, YouTube, Facebook, Rumble Odyssey. But if not, we'll see you back here, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network. God bless you, God love you, and we'll see you very soon. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass, live from Our Lady of Corpus Christi, home of the Salt community. For more information, visit salt.net or ourladyofcorpuschristi.org. Today we celebrate Wednesday of the 11th week in Ordinary Time, the Feast of St. Aloysius Gonzaga. This holy sacrifice of the Mass is being offered for all those listening in on the Guadalupe Radio Network and all of our online viewers. All people that on earth do die.
Him serve with fear, His praise forth tell, and pray before Him, and rejoice. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Aloysius Gonzaga, who lived in the 1500s, growing up in a princely family in northern Italy. His family desired him to become a great military leader and hero, and so from his early years he was in courtly settings and military settings. But he also was responding to the Lord, sensing a, a desire to follow him closely, especially in missionary life. It was from uh, it was from St. Charles Borromeo that he received his first communion. His family did not want him to enter religious life, and they tried to persuade him to stay in their way of life, and then uh, eventually he succeeded in convincing them. He was 17 when he entered the Jesuits, the Society of Jesus. Over the following years, he studied, made his promises. His confessor was St. Robert Bellarmine. Four years after he entered, a plague broke out in Rome and he served the people extensively, eventually catching the disease and dying it from, from it himself at the age of 23 on this day in the year 1591. Brethren, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, giver of heavenly gifts, who in St. Aloysius Gonzaga joined penitence to a wonderful innocence of life. Grant through his merits and intercession that though we have failed to follow him in innocence, we may imitate him in penitence. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each must do as already determined without sadness or compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. 
Moreover, God is able to make every grace abundant for you, so that in all things, always having all you need, you may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. The one who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You are being enriched in every way for all generosity, which through us produces thanksgiving to God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Blessed the man who fears the Lord. Blessed the man who fears the Lord. Blessed the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commands. His posterity shall be mighty upon the earth, and and the upright generation shall be blessed. Blessed the man man who who fears fears the the Lord. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. His generosity shall endure forever. Light shines through the darkness for the upright. He is gracious and merciful and just. Blessed the man man who fears the Lord. Lavishly he gives to the poor. His generosity shall endure forever. His horn shall be exalted in glory. Blessed the man man who who fears fears the Lord. Alleluia. reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing, so that your almsgiving may be secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on street corners so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance, so they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so you may not appear to others to be fasting, except to your Father who is hidden. 
and your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We are listening to our Lord Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. And here we have just crossed into chapter 6, the middle of the three chapters of this great sermon. And we hear him talking about how, acknowledging how it is possible to do these outward actions, giving alms to those in need, praying, fasting. It is possible to do these outward actions for the purpose of other people noticing and admiring us, thinking well of us, speaking well of us. It is possible to do it for just that reason all the way through the Sermon on the Mount, certainly including this passage, but all the way through, I think that Jesus is undergirding everything by urging us to turn to a relationship with his Father, with God the Father, and that in this relationship that this makes possible everything that he talks about. And he says, if, if we do these things simply for the eyes of other human beings, we are settling for too little. He says, yeah, you could do it for that reason. You'll receive your reward and that's all you'll get. But the truth is the Father wants to give us much more. He is waiting there in secret. He sees, he knows. He wants to give us more. You and I know. Perhaps even, even young students who are listening know. But certainly anyone who's worked knows. We know the system, the world of work where you do something, and you earn something, and you get what you deserve. And it's all calculated. You give this, you get this. You get exactly what you deserve, no less, no more. Jesus asks us to move into a different system. One that's not about earning and getting paid. But one that's about giving and receiving. Without limit. And this is exactly what we hear from St. Paul in the first reading. Whoever sows sparing will reap sparingly, but whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. He talks about the one who supplies seed to the sower will supply and multiply your seed. When you and I are dealing with God the Father, we're dealing with someone who has an infinite amount of love and resources. He doesn't have to ration. He can give us everything. The first question is whether we can receive everything. Is our heart open enough to receive the abundance, the infinite abundance of what he wants to give? Because he will give us everything we need in order to carry out the good works he wants us to carry out. What he gives to us, he wants us to be able to give on to others after we have received it. So it's not about calculating. It's about opening. Opening to receive. Opening to give. The saint we remember today, St. Aloysius Gonzaga, felt that desire as a young man, as a teenager, to give himself to the religious life, to become a missionary. And his family said, no, stay. Stay in this noble military life that we're preparing you for. And when they could not convince him of that, then they said, well, then at least just become a Dawson priest. In fact, we'll set it up. I mean, 
they're really close to kings, royalty. We'll set it up so you become a bishop. Just do that. He wouldn't. He wanted to give it all. He wanted to receive it all. How about you and me? Are we ready to stop counting things? Receive everything. Give everything. With confidence, let us pray for the church and for all people. That the Lord may guard his church from all evil. Let us pray to the Lord. The Jesuit novices and those of other religious communities may persevere in their vocation, and that Christian young people, in imitation of St. Aloysius, may always keep alive the flame of charity and the whiteness of purity. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That the Lord may grant his peace to the world. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That God may have compassion on those who feel alone. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That the Lord may give us happiness and peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That throughout this day, God may direct and sanctify our thoughts, words, and actions. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord, we ask that you hear the prayer of your family and grant us the gifts that we have asked of you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. All else be not to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought, by day or by night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Be thou my wisdom, and thou my true word. I ever with thee, and thou with me, Lord. Thou my great Father, thine own may I be. Thou in me dwelling, and I one with thee. Thou my great Father, thine own may I be. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Grant us, O Lord, that by the example of St. Aloysius, we may take our place at the heavenly banquet, clothed always in our wedding garment, 
so that by participation in this mystery we may possess the riches of your grace. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For in the saints who consecrated themselves to Christ for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, it is right to celebrate the wonders of your providence by which you call human nature back to its original holiness and bring it to experience on this earth the gifts you promise in the new world to come. And so with all the angels and saints, we praise you as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncelietera, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Quiveniti nomine domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take this all of you and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. 
humbly we pray, that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, and may praise and glorify you, through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. At the Savior's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, Miserere nobis, on you stay, quit holis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed.
For those who cannot receive sacramental Holy Communion at this time, we pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Panis Angelicus, fit panis hominum, dat panis celicus, figuris who have been fed with the food of angels, O Lord, to serve you in purity of life. And following the example of St. Aloysius, whom we honor today, may we persevere in constant thanksgiving through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks be to God. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. 
Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Celebrating the culture of life, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Here at KSHJ, 